Hi friends and welcome to the Do Life Better podcast where you'll find all the tips, habits and strategies you need to help you do your life just that little bit better each and every day. My name is Dave Jorner and I'm really grateful that you've chosen to listen to this podcast today, doing whatever it is that you're doing during these COVID-19 times or if you're checking it out way after COVID-19 has passed, uh, welcome and I know that these podcasts are still going to be really helpful for you because these messages are evergreen. They're really important during the struggle times. They're also really important and just as valuable when times are good. Just like today's chat with previous guest, Steve Scott. Now, if you are a leader, if you want to be a leader, if you work with people, if making an impact, making a difference, helping people is important to you, then this episode will be really beneficial for you. Now, Steve Scott is the author of the 15 Disciplines of Productive Leaders. He received numerous awards and commendations during his 22-year Royal Australian Air Force career and is quickly becoming the preeminent source for leadership inspiration within the Australian independent school sector. He is well known as being a leader with an innate ability to change the way people think in a single conversation. Now, I've known Steve for a number of years, and he has changed the way I think many times through one conversation. And I know that you're really going to enjoy this chat today. If you are a leader, if you want to be a leader, if you work with people, if you spend time with people, in fact, this chat is going to be really helpful for you. Steve talks about things like the importance of responding, not reacting, and his strategies for being able to do that. He talks about the importance of understanding what does this situation require of you as a leader and letting that govern how you lead and what you do next. He talks about the importance of courage and humility and how to really do that during these times. He also talks about the heightened importance of making deeper connections and increasing communication with those you lead and those you work with, being focused on delivering a meaningful purpose. Now, this whole chat was like a coaching session for me, and that idea of delivering on meaningful purpose was really big for me, and I know it's going to help you as well. We also spoke about the balance between productivity and mental health time. So for now, let's get into it. I hope you enjoy this chat with Steve Scott. Hi, Steve. Thanks for joining us today on the Do Life Better podcast. Thanks, Dave. It's great to catch up again. It is good to catch up, actually, because you know it's been a while since we chatted, and during this time, uh, I've been thinking a lot about my own leadership, and I know we, we spoke a lot about the 15 Disciplines for Leadership in our last chat, uh, and by the way, listeners, if you haven't checked it out, I highly recommend you go back and listen to it, um, and so really keen now, just to, again, I've been thinking a lot about my own leadership during this time, and really keen to hear your thoughts around how the 15 disciplines um, work particularly now and you know, what are some of the key things for us to focus on now. Before we do though, Steve, mm-hmm. being a catch-up round, um, a couple of questions I've been asking the other guests as well and I'd love to hear your answers on these ones. Um, right. Firstly, during this time at the moment, what are one or two things you've personally been working on, so trying to develop or create within yourself? Yeah. Um, I think, uh, particularly in, in my role um, in independent schools, is being uh, is being that stabilising force for a lot of school leaders and mm. being my best self in that regard. I've got um, I'm the chair of a school board myself, and and uh, you know missiles are coming at us from all directions, um, just like every other school. So mm. 
being my best self um, and, and really controlling myself, making sure that I'm responding, not reacting to these these situations. Um, and, and a lot of them are quite emotional, of course, because there's lots of people who are going through very difficult times. Um, you know, their, their livelihoods are, are being threatened by virtue of the, the circumstances. And the, the knock-on effect of that is their relationship with the school and whether or not they can continue to be in the school and as a school trying to provide the, the support for them, that can be quite challenging at times. Mm. So staying calm, staying and, and maintaining a rational mindset, not rushing into things, nothing needs to be rushed. So I've been really working on myself in that regard to just to really take the time to reflect on everything and make sure that I'm considering every single point. And then I think the, the second one, which is something that we're always trying to work on anyhow, is communicating really well mm. and, and making sure that the messages are clear, that they're not confusing people because people are already being confused about their circumstances. They, as something that I've mentioned a number of times in different interviews with people, is don't let this crisis become another crisis. Don't create <laughs> another crisis through your own leadership. So I've been, yeah. you know, hitting myself around the head a few times. So make Stephen, make sure you don't create another crisis through your leadership. So. And communication seems to be 99% of everything. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, clarity, clarity that, that leaves people feeling, firstly, in no doubt about what's going to happen or what you can do or what you will do in, in that regard. And, and, it, it, and so that clarity builds confidence in people as well. And people need some confidence at this time. And, and communication is a really great way to leverage that. I'd love to ask you more about clarity in a moment because I think mm, that's sure. one thing that a lot of us are struggling with during these times. Um, before, mm. though, you mentioned responding, not reacting. That's been a bit of a theme um, over the mm. Do Love Better podcast recently with some of the other guests as well, and we've heard about different methods of being able to do that. How do you create that ability yourself? What do you do to work on your skills in being able to respond, not react, particularly in the heat of the moment? Yeah, it's a good question. And it's, I think this is actually the critical area for all leaders. For me personally, I consciously recognize the emotional rush that's happening within me. I, when I feel it and I sense it, I choose to acknowledge it. Mm -hmm. I choose to say to myself how it's affecting me. Mm -hmm. um, the, the more the more consciously I do that, the more aware I, I become of myself. And I it, it helps me to see myself the way other people would see me. So, it, and, and that's such an important thing, isn't it? The relationship that we have with ourselves sets the tone for the relationship we set with other people. So mm. by forcing myself to allow myself to feel it. It's okay to be scared. It's okay to be upset. It's, it's actually okay to feel all those things. It's, it's just part of being human. And so be really comfortable in your own skin. Just acknowledge it and go, you know, this is, this is putting the willies up me right now, or this is confusing me right now, or this is frustrating me right now, or I'm actually offended by the way that person spoke to me. Acknowledge it, but then ask, what does the situation require of me? Because that's it, the answer is never a reaction. <laughs> mm. The answer is always a response. And that helps me to move 
from that emotional state into a rational, constructive, problem-solving mindset, which means that I'll calm down, I'll start to think logically about what it is I need to do, and take the necessary actions that'll be productive, not counterproductive. Now, that's easy. I've just explained that to you in, what, a minute, minute and a half? Mm -hmm. But I would, could honestly sometimes take a, a day to come to that conclusion. I'm not, even though I've explained it to you that quickly, sometimes we need to pause and just take some time to think about it and mm. not rush into it. Mm. So uh, easier said than done, I guess, is the underlying message there. It's you've got to give yourself some time because when you're on, when you've been hit with an emotional rush, um, you don't come down off that very quickly. So it's really, really important that you give yourself permission to take some time to reflect, to acknowledge how you're feeling and then start to work through it. And probably just one other thing I'd like to add to that, Dave, is the importance yeah, sure. of talk, talking to someone else. Mm. Share, share it with someone else. Get their perspective on it. It just really helps to clarify how you're seeing it when you, when you can look at, look at it through someone else's eyes as well. Um, I found that to be really valuable. You know, Sam, that works with me, mm -hmm. and, and I, I share everything with her because, of one, she's half my age, and... And, and we'll see the world through a different lens anyhow, which is really important for me. And, and the more that I allow myself to see it differently, the more accurately my response is. So, yeah, there's two, two real key things there. Feel the, the rush, acknowledge it, and take the time and reflect, but also the power of sharing with someone else. Just two things that just work really well for me. Yeah, nice. And they really help to create perspective that perspective internally, the perspective mm. that you gain from looking at it once you're out of the situation, once the emotion is gone, um, yeah. just the value that comes with that time. And then the yep. perspective that you gain from someone else's opinion um, to see it through their lens, really important. Nice one. Thank you. Um, then the other question before we get stuck into some of these leadership ones is what are you most grateful for right now? Mm. Good question. Grateful. So many things. Um, I, I guess it's not just right now, but always I'm grateful for my life. And just there's so many things that about my life that I'm that I'm grateful for. And of course, then then I I watch, I observe, and I sometimes experience the pain that other people are going through, and I'm not going through that. And I'm very grateful that. I, I live a good life, but that 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 gratitude needs to, in some way, be be translated into support. How can I use my position to help someone else? Mm. You know, this um, there there are a lot of people that are, are being challenged by the current circumstances, but there are also people that have been challenged by circumstances without COVID. You know, there's not everybody has it as you know, whether it's health or whether it's business, um, work, anything, personal circumstances that can, can really challenge people. And I, I feel blessed to, to, to have a very good life in that regard, but I also understand that others don't. And this is what leadership's all about, is, is being there to help people through challenging times and help them to see some light at the end of the tunnel. I, I feel like I always, always have light at the end of the tunnel. 
And I'm very grateful for that. Um, you know, in part, you, you create your own success, but there are lots of other people around that help you do that. So mm. I'm, I'm very grateful for that as well. So, yeah, this, this, um, I, I think it's really important that we, we, we are able to convert in some way our gratitude into support for other people. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Thank you. And in, in true Steve Scott form, this is one of the reasons I love, I love speaking with you, Steve, and working with you. And because you take everyday situations and questions and, and topics, and then you find leadership gems within that. Um, you're able to connect many things into leadership, which, which I absolutely love. I love the way your brain works. So thanks for that. Um, and so just before you mentioned about responding, not reacting, um, finding clarity. And you also said about how it's about leading right now is about what does the situation require from us? And I know you're really big on that. Um, and you spoke mm. about it in the previous episode as well. So yep. keen to hear from you. right? And I know this could be tricky because your book, The 15 Disciplines of Leadership, there's 15 key areas. Um, yep. And you probably get asked this one a lot. But right now, what are some of the key things – that um, we as leaders are required to do? What's the situation require of us right now? Ooh, simple question with a complex answer. Mm. The, there are, there's so many things that I, I, if we had the time, I, could, I would literally list off the 15 disciplines. But let's start with, um, with schools. They, schools have been under a lot of pressure um, during this, this time to stay mm. open and and by virtue of staying open, you know, much of the economy can continue, which has has been very, very important for our country. Mm. Um, but why do why do schools exist? And in schools, there's a, an absolute purpose to to schools, and um, there's a there's a and a meaningful purpose for the school itself. There's a many meaningful purpose for education in this country. So. With that in mind, we've, as leaders, have had to focus on delivering on what is our meaningful purpose. Now, what's happened with COVID-19 um, is that the playing field has changed. The landscape on which we actually do this has changed. Mm. But still, at the end of the day, the reason we, we are a school is to teach. And the reason we have education in this country is, is it's just far more reaching than that. It's a, it, the quality of the country and the, the quality of business, the quality of everything in the country is driven by education. So now what we have to realise is that we can't do it face-to-face. We have to do it in a different way. So the landscape's changed. Mm. But the need for education hasn't. And, you know, as, as earlier I referred to communication, mm. how important it is. I think it's really important that we communicate incredibly clearly around this so the way we're going to deliver education has changed but we have to stay focused on the fact that this is why we're doing it and so our ethical context and our mission our purpose if you like um our vision as a school or an educational um, sector and our values they don't change they stay rock steady and that's really important for leaders to be 
to be focused on at this point in time is to is to make sure that our mission, vision, and values don't change by virtue of this, that what we do is we adapt how we're going to deliver on that. And look how well education has done. It's just been amazing how they've literally, they've just had to turn a corner in, 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 in a week to two weeks and just turn mm. their pedagogy on their heads and, and just deliver a completely different format. And, you know, they did it. You know, the, the old saying, pressure makes diamonds. Well, there's just so many diamonds to be to be found um, out of out of COVID-19. You're just seeing the way people... It's not just teachers. I mean, look at what cafes and restaurants have done in a, in a heartbeat. They've, they've reshaped and rejigged their businesses. And this is that's a great example of leadership. They've not fallen over and gone, you know, woe is me. They've just really redesigned how they're going to deliver what, what it is they set out to do with their business. Mm. Um, so many different methods for it. I do wonder. It's a. And I was talking to my wife about this the other day. Could you imagine going through all this without the internet? Yeah, I reckon. It'd be fascinating to see the other version of it, wouldn't it? It's, mm. But how useful the internet has been to keep us going, because the, all of these, all these online meetings, such as this conversation that we're having now, and all, mm. all these Zoom meetings and Teams-based meetings that are occurring now that have managed to keep business going. Um, I hate to think what would have happened <laughs> without the internet. Yeah. But um, I, I see so many great examples, things that I think, you know, we'll, we'll reflect on and, and take a great deal of confidence from as leaders um, all around the world is seeing how well we've been able to adapt to this, to continue to deliver on what it was we set out to, to do as a business, as an, an, an entity. Um, and yeah, so by good fortune, the internet's been there to help facilitate that. But I, you know, if it wasn't there, I just, I, my curiosity just wants me to know how this would happen without the internet, I guess. Because I'm, I'm sure we've seen great examples of leadership there too. Oh, for sure. And as you mentioned, necessity is absolutely the mother of invention. And it's it been great to see so much creativity and not just the creativity, but then the support of other people to jump on board that. So those who are really quick to support, they're kind of like not just the followers, but they're also being leaders and showing everyone else, yes, we can support this. Mm. We can, it's not <laughs> ideal. We get that, but we can jump on and, and be supportive and positive instead of negative and critical. We can find ways to see the good in what they're doing and, and step up as well to help them with, to help them as they deliver their meaningful purpose. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think that's probably something else there, Dave, to sec almost the second part of the uh, of an answer to your question mm -hmm. was um, what do we learn from this? Mm. What do we – again, my curiosity, again, is constantly asking every day almost is what's going to stick? What's going to stay with us now as a new norm mm -hmm. uh, as a result of this? And we'll need to be strategic about that now. We'll need to be really – really clever about that there are there are certain things that we have learned by virtue of being forced into this that we've, we're going to realize is working now really well for us so um yeah I, I can't wait to see in a couple of years what what innovation and and, and creativity stems from these this situation oh, oh it's going to be fascinating and i think leaders need to be thinking about that now we need to be pre-planning that and starting to capture data 
um, and any other form of information they can, and particularly feedback from other people in terms of how things are working or not working. Because I just don't think we'll ever go back to the world that we once knew, uh, late mm. 2019. I think we're going to end up in a better place, in a, in a better place, because we will learn from this and grow from this. So, yeah, it's certainly focus that leaders should be on it right now, I believe. So with that, to be able to move forward, to be creative, there's an element of courage. And I know that courage and humility are really important in terms of being a good leader. How do we show that now? As we always do, when faced with any situation that would challenge our fears or challenge our ego needs, that mm. we we do what we're supposed to do. The, the, um, you know that I believe heavily in those two qualities as, a, as the fundamentals of leadership. And they, mm. But they're things that should come out every day. They're, they're not something that should just come out now because we're in a crisis. So I think it's there will be hard decisions to make. You know, if we've, I don't think the hardest decisions have been made yet yeah. uh, in relation to this crisis. I think that there are harder decisions to be made yet. So, and we've got to bring people along with us when we make those decisions. Courage is certainly going to assist that process. Um, and and, sh- and that courage is, is something that... Um, is irrelevant without fear. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's, um, I'm scared of heights, but not everybody's scared of heights. But th- does that mean that someone who can walk up to the a cliff face and not be scared is more courageous than me? Well, no, <laughs> it's not. They're just not scared of that. There'll be something, it, you have to have fear. Um, so if I walk up to the cliff face, I'm going, going to need to be courageous to do that. Um, but there'll be something else that somebody fears um, who isn't scared of heights and, and they will need to be courageous to confront that fear. So how do you show it? I, I personally believe it's okay to to let people know that you're fearful of something. Mm-hmm. I, 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 don't, I don't see that as a weakness at all. Um, you can say I'm scared and do nothing about it. You, that's not going to help you. But if you can acknowledge that you're scared of it and can then be courageous in dealing with it. I think that's actually quite inspiring for people. Um, so my preference is to be quite outward, um, not contain it within, but be quite quite outward because it encourages other people to do the same. Um, humility is, um, is an interesting one. It's something that can... Um, really go awry for some for some leaders that you can we can enjoy some successes as we climb out of this and um, I think it's it's really important the question that you asked me what am I grateful for that's a really good grounding question that keeps you humble mm. and I, th- I think you can show humility by constantly making sure that you're grateful for something and helping other people to understand what they should be grateful for as well um there will be successes that that will appear from now until we climb out of this this covid-19 crisis but the more often than not there's going to be other people other sources of either inspirational success that are going to help you get out of that so 
acknowledging those people, recognizing their efforts and attributing much of the success to them and not to you. I think it's going to be a big one. It's going to be a really big one to carry people through this is when they see their leaders. And I'm seeing so many really good examples of that right now. Um, in fact, you can see the Australian government focusing on this all the time. They're attributing the success of the way we've flattened the curve to us and, and to what we have done and how we have behaved, you know, so that, and the result of that is that they're, they're encouraging us to continue to do it. And it's in the main, I know there's some outliers there, but in the main, we're all still doing the right thing. And so it's that kind of effect at the micro level where we can influence that I'm talking about, you know, show gratitude, recognize the efforts of other people, attribute the success to the other people that we're experiencing around us. And yeah, I think that'll, yeah, it's hard work and it's an ongoing job and we've got to do it consistently as well. You can't just do it one off. It's got to be a consistent pattern of behavior and practice from, from leaders. Yeah. A lot of people right now are really struggling with productivity um, because of the people spoken about collective trauma or collective grief and when there's deadlines and you've got your workload to get through, um, it can be really difficult to be able to do that. Yet, So for myself, being a, because I'm quite fortunate to um, be my own boss, I'm able to have a mental health day when I need to. So this week I was able to take two mental health days knowing that, okay, there's things that I need to do. I need to be productive. But right mm. now I get to make the decision that, no, I'm not going to do work. I'm going to have a couple of mental health days. And by doing so, I know that I'm going to bounce back stronger and be more productive afterwards. As a leader, though, how do we balance with our team? How do we balance the idea of productivity or their productivity with their well-being and mental health? Yeah, this is a um, – and it, it, particularly in this time, it's, it's, it's interesting. But again, it's just something that we should always be doing with our – with our teams is is main, monitoring and maintaining um, a condition that mm. allows for sustainable positive well-being there's um, you know that it, it just can't be all work um, I think one of the tricky points for for leaders is finding the where does the line in the sand sit in relation to personal responsibility for well-being and corporate responsibility for well-being mm -hmm. and our leadership sits in that corporate responsibility for well-being so it comes down to us providing the right environments safe environments environments where people don't feel threatened um, they can feel challenged for sure because when people are challenged they'll they'll grow mm. within that setting if they're unchallenged they won't grow so they have to feel challenged there has to be a degree of tension in there that causes people to take a step up and to grow from that. Mm. But, but not in an unsafe environment. It, it, the safety is a big issue for people. If they, if they're, and the things that make people feel unsafe are when they experience things that we typically fear uh, a great deal, which is you know, humiliation, exclusion rejection, failure, a lack of pride, um, those sorts of things will eat away at someone's well-being. Mm. And 
Um, so that's unsafe for people because if people are existing within within that environment, they're not going to give you their very best anyhow. But it's also going to eat away at their quality of life, and we're going to realise that through their well-being. You know, and there's going to be issues around their sickness um, or their attendance at work or um, their their overall productivity um, or the quality of their work, the errors that they make, those sorts of things. So for me, drawing the line in the sand for corporate responsibility is, is very much about creating that safe environment for people. And that can be a little bit more challenging in a crisis situation because the complexity of what people are going through right now. There are things that are happening in their personal life that you have no direct control over as a leader, mm. but they're going to bring to work. Mm-hmm. They're just going to bring them to work. And um, so it's really important that we maintain that safe environment for them. They're possibly going to need just a little bit more time to vent, to let it out, to share or to just reflect. Who knows what they need? It's, uh, I think it's a, it's, it's the wrong thing to do to try and even anticipate what someone needs in those situations without working with them. But it, it, I think it's just really, I think the line is shifting because of the crises. Um, we just have to be a little bit more flexible when it comes to corporate responsibility. Um, but at the same time, I think we also need to promote personal responsibility for well-being. Yep. And, um, you know, we, we can't just take it all on ourselves. The, the people have to have to be responsible for it and, um, and, and deliver themselves to work in a good state of physical and emotional condition. But it's just going to be exacerbated. Uh, things are just going to get worse if we don't provide the right environment at work. Um, and of course, the true, the true measure of our, of our leadership is productivity, how much we actually get out of people. You know, at a leader's disposal, we have human resources, material resources, and financial resources. And leadership is about influencing the human resources because they control what happens to our financial and material resources. So <clears throat> that's the distinction, I suppose, in the simple form between management and leadership. Management is the is the use of the material and the financial resources. Leadership is the influence that you have on the productivity of the people. Mm-hmm. And um, their well-being is such, such an important part of that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, as I say, though, le- the, I think the line is shifting at the moment because of the circumstances, the environment outside work. Um, so we have to be very mindful of that and show very sincere, authentic empathy towards people Mm. and what they're going through. And I think this connection with people is very important. It's critical. It's vital at the moment that we maintain a very strong connection with people so that we understand what's making them tick right now so that we can provide the necessary support to keep them going. Um, And I'll, I'll just underline that with easier said than done. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. So what would be your tips then? Because obviously when someone's very used to working in a gathered sense and now they're not, now they're working remotely, it's all via Zoom and so on. Mm. How do we create that strong and even in some ways, as we mentioned before in terms of their well-being and helping with their productivity, 
we might even need to boost that level of connection. How can we do yeah. that now? It, it's a good, a really good question. And I, my immediate instinctive answer to you is routine and structure. Mm -hmm. Because when we're gathered, there is routine and structure to our mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. And and if all of a sudden we say, now you can work from home, uh, then they're going to be in their PJs. <laughs> they're going to be getting up when they can and yeah. doing whatever work they can do. And they can get up and go to the fridge whenever they like. And, you know, it, things become far more relaxed in that regard. I, you know, for people to feel like they're still at work, if you can still continue to apply some of the structure and the routine that was existing in the gathered environment mm -hmm. so that it still to them feels like it's a normal routine. Mm -hmm. um, even though they can still get up and go to the fridge whenever they want to, they, they will still feel connected to work in that regard. Mm -hmm. um, and the communication. Now, it, it, from my military experience, I can tell you that when I may still be at home base, but I've got, say, four jets that have deployed over to the west coast of Australia. I've got another two jets that have gone up to northern Australia. When, when, when there's distance that grows between um, yourself and others, you it's almost a, um, a commensurate increase in communication. So the frequency of communication. So as the gap increases, so too does the frequency of communication. And in this particular incident where we've become isolated and, and being um, moved to our homes to work um, and away from the workplace, the gap has increased. So my answer to your question would be, let's then increase the rate of communication. And it's checking in and it's it's keeping that connection going. It's giving them information when they, they need to get information, but also you can also do a pulse check and see how they're going. And you can ensure that they will feel that you're still interested in them mm. and uh, sincerely interested in them. And you're bridging the gap with through your communication, which means if they need to make a call they will make the call but if you um, typically what happens with people is that if you create a gap and then you don't communicate more frequently within that then the gap seems wider to people and they will feel it's going to be more difficult for them to initiate a call and make communication back to you so yeah that's just something that i've learned from my past as the gap increases so too should the frequency of communication you mentioned earlier about being resourceful, being innovators and being creative in terms of moving forward. And a lot of that is risky. A lot of that is going off gut instinct because we don't have, well, not just gut instinct, but we do have a number of answers, but nowhere near as much as what we'd normally be used to because we're waiting for the government to come out with when restrictions will be lessened and, and how it's all going to play out. So we need to be future planning now without having the entire roadmap or not even anywhere near as much as a roadmap as we used to have. What advice would you give um, for people trying to be decisive, trying to be innovative as they're moving forward without clear directions laid out for them? Mm, small steps. Mm -hmm. Small, clear steps. It don't bite off more than you can chew right now. 
be realistic. It is just, it is a, it, it, it's just the circumstances that we exist in right now. We have to be very careful about over-investing in anything because we don't know we could go into a second wave. We could, who knows how long it's going to take. For, even if we didn't get into a second wave, how long is it going to take us before social distancing? Mm. It, the restrictions are taken off. We don't know because the government don't, doesn't know, but they do know what they need to see. What they don't know is when will we see it? Mm-hmm. And it would be irresponsible for them to say, oh, look, I think it's in September. Because the second that we they put their finger on September, we're all going to start planning for September. That's and right. if it doesn't happen, then who are we going to blame? Mm. So it's I think it's really important at this point in time to take small positive steps and steps that you can retreat from if you need to. Don't and and it's not going to cost you too much, and. Um, and you're not going to lose momentum in whatever it is that that you're leading. And I think, I think that's the answer at the moment, Dave. I, I, I don't really think I need to to add more to that, other than to say, it, it's about overcommitment. You don't overcommit. I guess is the the key message there. Reminds me of the idea of dreaming big, but then act small act quickly fail quickly and then you can review it and then keep stepping forward yeah yeah i think that you've got to have a big dream and the 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 situation the environment has changed Mm. and we just have to accept that the environment has changed and work within those parameters for now and the parameters we know how often it's changing as well it's not just that it's changed it keeps changing so uh, be strategic, be be collecting data, collect information, evaluate it and work out what's the next safe step to make towards your idea of progress or success or outcomes mm-hmm. that you, you desire. Um, but have that big, big hairy goal sitting out there. Be, you know, be bold in where it is you want to go that under the circumstances, be very, very careful about how big a step you take. For sure. Yeah, nice. Thank you. Uh, what else could I know we've spoken about a lot right now? And as you've said at the very start, there's 15 mm. disciplines we could step through today. Mm. Are there any other key strategies or ideas that leaders could be really aware of right now? We've kind of alluded to it, but I would say my discipline for keep the end in mind. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important right now. It's it's easy to lose lose that because of the the minutiae and the detail that we're forced to go into on a day to day basis. But keep the end in mind here. Mm. There, this will end. This will. And how do you want to come out of it at the back end of this? How, literally, how do you want to land on your two feet? And what do you want to be capable of doing when that happens? Mm. So, kind of wind the clock even though you can't put a date to it you can put a condition to it you can you can identify what condition you want to be in when you get there so work that out keep that in your mind all the time use that as the master reference for everything any any idea any concept any issue that you're dealing with any complaint that you might hear or have about something keep continually ask yourself how does that affect me 
getting to that end state that I want to get to. And then design your next small step towards that. Um, use it, it by keeping that in mind, it's actually quite motivating. It's um, it helps to keep us focused. You know, there's a lot of one of the things that I've heard a lot in the media recently is their lack of certainty. Mm -hmm. I get it. It's there. I, I get it. It's with the lack of certainty is when's this going to be over? Mm. And we're not going to have an answer to that. So I would say the certainty comes from how you decide you want to be standing up at the end of this. What condition do you want to be in? And make that your certainty for now and stay focused on that and unite people around that idea and empower people within that idea to, to be creative, to take those risks, to do those important little things that will keep them interested in, and keep their minds active and, and keep them feeling and experiencing the things that we all need in our life, like pride and success and dignity and self-worth and inclusion and those sorts of things. We can still do that. It just might seem like they're smaller steps at the moment, but if we can incrementally continue to experience small steps towards this outcome that we desire, we'll hang in there much longer, guaranteed. That connects nicely with that sense of hope, you know, knowing where you're going, having that clear direction, coming back to, again, what's this require of me to get me to that, that end goal that we need. This has actually been quite a nice coaching session for me. I know that we could keep talking for ages as well. Um, you know, being the leader of, of my business too, it's a great reminder of some of the things that I can refocus on, um, some of the things that I can pick up a bit more too. And again, I know there's so many other things that we could go into. If people do want to, if our listeners do want to follow you or find out more about the 15 disciplines, where should mm -hmm. they go? Oh, we've got our website, the 15 disciplinescomau mm -hmm. um, That's T-H-E-1-5 disciplines um, with an S on the end. Uh, the, um, we're on LinkedIn. Um, you just follow me, just search for me. Um, we, we tend to only post on LinkedIn mm -hmm. um, these days. Um, and there's a, a ton of resources, podcasts, and those sorts of things that are sitting on my website that people may be interested in as well. Um, or just give me a call and um and catch up and, and share your thoughts with i have a lot of people contact me about the book we've invited that um that opportunity at the back of the book so it's lovely it's just wonderful to hear people's thoughts about the book and and what impact the book has had on their lives and i love hearing those stories that's the sort of thing that gets me out of bed every day it's just the the little the, the stories of people reading the book and and finding something in it that's really resonated with them and then telling me how that's changed their life and in all honesty the book's just a book the people that actually read something and take it on board and have the courage to make the changes they're the ones that deserve the accolades mm. and um, i'm just so grateful that they share those with me it's um it's just tremendous but yeah any any number of ways um to get in touch um but uh, we've got a contacts page um, where people can get in touch with us uh, on the website as well. 
Excellent. And we'll have all that in the show notes too. Um, mm-hmm. So thanks for that. And then the final question, which I, um, as you know, I asked you this last time as well, and I've got your answer written down here too from last time. So I'm really keen to hear what you come up with yeah. today. <laughs> it's not a test. You can have a different one. That's fine. Um, but I'd love to hear from you, Steve, about what does doing life better mean for you? <laughs> what did I say last time? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you after. <laughs> See what you come better. up with today. Yeah. Um, doing life better. Well, yeah. It, good question. Um, and of course, my brain is now preoccupied with what I said last time. I can't remember. Mm. Um, it's making your life worthwhile, right? It, it's it's making sure that you you're not wasting a breath. It's not wasting an, a, a minute of daylight. Um, to making work, it, making it happen in such a way that it's no longer work, you know, and, and that's, that's why I'm so grateful, I guess, is that I, I haven't worked a day for about 15 years now um, because I just jump out of bed to, to do what I do um, and I don't hesitate. I haven't had a day's sick leave. I haven't, I haven't, Gone. Oh man, I don't want to turn up to that one today. So doing, you know, doing life better is really finding that that sweet spot in life. Mm-hmm. You know, where you're, you're doing something that you absolutely love. Um, because when you do that, you're not questioning anything anymore. You you found your inner peace, and you are you are happy to do whatever it takes. Um, and I guess that's where I'm at. And so doing life better is for me now is using that privileged position that I find myself in to help other people find it for themselves. Um, that, that matters so much to me now because I, I'll be confident then when I get to my, my um, rocking chair when I'm 80. The old rocking chair test. The old rocking chair test that I can look back on it and go, I didn't waste a minute. Mm. You know, it wasn't just about me. It was about what I could do mm-hmm. um, for the world around me. So, yeah, it'd be pretty. It'd be one thing to have this the life that I'm having, but if I, it'd be a complete waste if I didn't actually help someone else get it. Mm. You know, so to me, the measure of that, of that then of do life better is then the the number of people that I'm able to help do this. You know, find their sweet spot and never ever question what they're doing ever again. Um, how did I do? I like, <laughs> I like your answer. You're really keen, aren't you, to know what you said last time? <laughs> I am. Well, it was very close. Oh, really? It was okay. very, very close. Um, so last time you said it was all about legacy. Um, I'm, I'm, I've written this down, so I'm, I'm trying to yeah. paraphrase pretty much what you said. But it says it's about legacy. It's about being more productive with your life to get more out of it. Sure. Okay. And you've, you've phrased it as being not – um, to get more out of it for yourself, but also to allow other people to get more out of their lives. So that whole thing about um, being grateful for what you have, using the most of every moment, but then, as you mentioned just now, being able to empower and inspire other people. So um, it's good to see you haven't changed, Steve, since last time. <laughs> it's very similar. What was that, Talia? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, that's good. I'm happy. I'm happy with that. <laughs> Thank awesome. you. Uh, Steve, really appreciate your time today. My pleasure. And, um, catch up, done. 
Yeah, likewise. And I know that leadership is such a big topic. There's so many other things we could have spoken about today as well. But I know that this has been really helpful for me. So I'm sure it will be for lots of listeners as well. So, um, Steve, thanks for your time today. You're very welcome, guys. Thank you. Cheers. So there we have it, everyone. And I hope this chat was as helpful for you as it was for me. You know, just the idea, again, about delivering on meaningful purpose, taking the small, smart actions, making sure that they line up with that end goal, with your overall meaning and purpose for your team, your company, your organization, whatever it is that you're working on. If this was helpful for you, please make sure you share it with your friends and colleagues and leaders and anyone else who you know will benefit from this. Share this on social media. You can tag me on Instagram at Dave Jorner. Uh, you're also very welcome to join us in the Do Life Better group on Facebook. And please make sure you do me one favor, and that is to go down to the bottom of your podcast app, leave a rating and a review, please. If you have been finding value in listening to this, if you keep coming back week after week, and if you're still listening right now, that must be because you enjoy this in some way and that you find it helpful in some way. So please do me that favor, scroll down now, leave that rating, leave the review, I'll read it out, you'll be the fan of the week. And the reason I'm asking you to please leave a rating and a review is because it helps to get this message out to more people just like you. It also lets me know um, how this podcast is going for you. So if you can spend a moment doing that, that will be huge for me. Anyway, all the very best as you keep moving forward, finding ways to do your life just that little bit better each and every day. Thank you very much for joining me today and I can't wait for next time.